to some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters. I'm Ollie. And we are Creeping It in the Family, a podcast where we dish details about all things horror. Episode 84. 84. The Haunting, Haunting in Kinetic, Kinetic Energy. Kinetic. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely the title of the episode before we've even started. Uh, I Right, this film. So before you start, if you haven't seen it already, on the Instagram I took a screenshot of our I've, I've conversation, <laughs> which was quite funny. Yeah, right. Uh, the film, right, it's not a bad film. I just really don't like it. I, I, it's not... <laughs> right. Like, I don't I don't look at it, right, and think... Well, I didn't watch it and think... It's not like a... You know, like, Campbell and that, the really bad film. Yeah. This isn't a bad film. It's just really... Like, it's like... Because it, it... Obviously, it, it is horror, kind of, but it just... It, it really wasn't for me. The, the, and it's annoying because for the first... Normally, it's like the second half of films where I get into it, but it's the second half where it lost me, like... The bond between the mother and son was really good. Like the yeah. fact, the family, like really had like a good feeling around it. Not just because they all got along and looked after each other, but the it felt genuine. Like, and I yeah. thought, oh, they're actually building up quite. Like the mum was probably one of the most prolific characters in there. Like mm. her acting was so good. She was very good. Um, but then the end of the film, like I, I, I put it down in my notes somewhere. Like what I don't think the film understands what or who the story is. At some point, there's so many parts in it where. Like the dad drinking again. What was the point in that? There was, it, like it had no impact on the story, and it was kind of dropped after. So I just thought. I think the concept of his drinking was the idea that they all had the battles to face. Like they all had the demons. It wasn't just. It wasn't just his battle. Like everybody was suffering with their own demons at the time, and also it served a purpose to keep take all the lights out. It, it, for, a few, for the future thing. It, it did, but then like I just I just felt like it gave us a reason to not like the dad. Which I don't think we needed. Like there, no. was, there was no reason for. I that. didn't the, dislike the dad even if even after he did it because. But after after that episode, you are kind because of, it you get the idea when they're all huddled in, in the room it's together. Quite abusive. Yeah, that is abusive, and yeah. I just thought, and I thought, fair enough if this has a, has something to do down the line, but it didn't. So I thought you've, you've you've kind of like contradicted yourself. This pl- the, the, the jump scares in it. I don't I don't feel they are built up very well. They're just cheap jump scares. A, a couple got me though. There were oh, a couple got, where got, I was yeah, like, a couple did get me, but they were cheap. And two, I this this film is is a, it's definitely an outcast in terms of storyline and stuff. In yeah. like it's not just like a like a paranormal possession or like a demon in the house. However, in films that do try to have things, I'm talking about your insidious conjurings, like sinisters. The, the the horror obviously starts off very timid and then as the film gets more violent and aggressive the scares change perfect example The Conjuring 2 which we reviewed not long ago mm-hmm. at the start it's very tame but it still gives the ick and then later on it like it becomes more aggressive and the things change that differ it from you, you can tell or oh, that whatever this is that's controlling them or haunting them mm-hmm. is getting progressive and more aggressive or progressive more violent in this film every single like suspense scene or anything it was just the character like the the ghoul or whatever you want to call it J- Jonah essentially yeah. just stood there like going up to someone and then nothing happening after it and it, that was it throughout the whole film like I, I put it down in my notes somewhere I was thinking at what, what point is something going to and I know it would be detrimental to the story in the end because 
it would. He was never Jonah was never there to harm. He was yeah. just trying to. He was trying to. He get was help. protecting them. Wasn't yeah. He? So that's another thing. I didn't really get the storyline very well. But th- this is what I'm saying. It I got it. Be, at, I got it, but only at the end. This is what I'm saying. This could just be down to me. And you look at and I'm saying that could be detrimental to the story. But then you look at the Conjuring two and how they managed to manipulate the film so bad things were happening, but there was still an innocent spirit or afterlife involved in it. If you get what I'm saying. But we all thought that. But they, they still sort of did it because just like Bill in The Conjuring 2, everybody thought Jonah was bad when actually he wasn't until they removed the... I know, but there, there, skulls, there, the there was no, the, the no point in the film did they try and hurt any... Like, I'm not saying they had to, but it wasn't scary because there was no threat. There wasn't actually doing anything to any of them. It was just like... It, all it was was... And again, the, another point, the flashbacks did my head in. Like, yeah, they were irritating. Like half the film is flashbacks and it's not... It's, it's like... Um, it's like soft flashbacks. It's not even good flashbacks. It's yeah. like soft flashbacks. You know, it's it's jittery edits and it's flashing like it's you can't really follow the story. Like it do, um, for I, I put down here when it, I, I looked and we was in there for forty minutes and there was still no actual backstory, just flashbacks. Like yeah. we didn't understand. Like you've got a you obviously they mentioned the the parts get thrown about in the film where they say, "Oh, this um, the house." rumoured to have this or whatever mm-hmm. but I was I was sat there like is, was it a surgery gone wrong was it like I, I I need to know that information for me to get behind and get scared well, for the I know but like the sandbags in the coffin and everything that is, which isn't revealed to the very end but that's the thing that's supposed to scare you but I wasn't scared because I, one it was jittery flashbacks which aren't very scary and two it, it just I, I just think that, that this is what I'm saying it's maybe not a bad film I'm not saying it's a shit film I'm saying for me personally, yeah. I, I, I well, just didn't enjoy it. We did it. find out like twenty minutes in it was a funeral parlor. The mum said we, it was. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's like the it, it's like all the dodgy flashbacks that were showing shit. Okay, happening. okay, okay. It didn't give you enough to see to make up your mind and be like, oh, was it doing this? Was it doing right, that? Okay. That that's what I was getting at. Right, let's get into the film then because we're five minutes in and we've sort of talked about everything in the film without really talking about the film at all. Maybe yeah. that fits with this film yeah. <laughs> because that's exactly what we felt. So really liked the opening credits. I'm a sucker for Victorian times. 1800s England sort of thing and I really enjoyed the um, flash the flash cuts through the photos and it, it reminded me of American Horror Story yeah. and it was quick and it was simple and I like that because it just got straight into the film so it starts off in 1987 and we meet a mother and son I think the mum's called Sarah right I think could be wrong could be very wrong but I we'll do call, know we'll call her Sarah yeah but I do know that the mum is taking the uh, little boy Little boy, he's not really little, he's like 15, 16, yeah. maybe? Teenager. Yeah. Teenager, yeah. He's taking, sorry, she's taking Matt back and forth to hospital. So what we find out a little bit later on, very, well, very soon actually, is Matt has cancer. Yeah. And they, they have to go over to Connecticut to get the treatment, but they don't live in Connecticut, so it's quite far away. And it's an eight-hour drive there, and it's an eight-hour drive back just for this treatment. And, you know, it's not just the fact that it's far away and they're spending a lot of money on fuel and things like that. It, it's things like Matt feels really ill, obviously, as you yeah. would, after the treatment. And so, you know, he's, he's throwing up. He looks like he's got a fever. He's, he's really not doing very well. And so she says to the husband, it'd be better if we could rent somewhere in Connecticut just while he's having his treatment and then we can come back. Yeah. Which does sound valid. I mean, I think the real fucking horror story in this film is American Healthcare. Yeah. Because Jesus Christ, like, how, how much was it per pill? Uh, $15. $15. 
just for one yeah. pill and he's having to take them like three times a day and it is really sad and so they uh, they stop at a house so they cut back to going back to the first set of treatment i presume it's radiotherapy it's radio or chemo isn't it it can't be chemo because he was having chemo before it must be radio because that affects your skin right so the the noises of him when he's like in the car on the way back are brutal and he's whimpering and he's crying out because he's in so much pain and the doctor does express the fact that yes there may be things like his skin condition might change he might come up in a rash it might be quite red and sensitive, yeah. but otherwise it should stop the nausea, which was a real big problem. So one of, so one of my earliest plot guesses was that it wasn't cancer; it was in fact like something possessing him. But oh. this is very early on in the film. This is what this I is what, didn't this, even think about. That. This is what I was gonna. That that was my early plot guess. No, oh, that's interesting. I like that. So she stops at a house while the son is having radiotherapy. And this guy, and she's like, how is it so affordable? How is it so cheap? And he was like, you know, not all houses are perfect and stuff like that. But she she just can't, because because of the history, she's just like, no, I'd, I'd rather miss out. And so mm. they're on the way back and he, he's in so much pain that she just turns the car straight around and she says, we'll take the house on a whim because she just can't drive him back yeah. in that sort of state. She's a really good mum. Yeah, she like, She's a great mum. So the next morning, so they're all asleep and all's well. I did quite like this jump scare. It wasn't really a jump scare, but I did like the feature. So he's watching TV while the landlord and the mum are talking, and he turns the TV off, and there's a shadow yeah. in the TV. I quite I love stuff like they that. They do they do some creepy stuff in this film, but it's it's so repetitive. It doesn't ever yeah, it, it doesn't ever um, like form into something more, which is what let me down a bit. So the next morning he wakes up he hears noises coming from the basement and so he goes downstairs and it's there's that that's like your first big jump scare yeah and he's looking at the funeral parlor doors even though we don't know it's a funeral parlor yet and he can see something sort of morphing yeah and then this thing just pops up jesus christ i like i actually scribbled halfway across my page because i jumped that much Mm. that really got me but it was a nightmare do we think that that's do we think that that instance was him just imagining it, or do we think it was like foreshadowing of things? Uh, I, I I don't know. This is what I mean. The film's not the film's not very clear. Like even at, towards the end, it's some people can see him, some people can't. You basically got to be close to death, haven't you? I love that premise him. though. I think that is <coughs> so good. It's it's not bad. I didn't dislike it, but it um we'll get onto it later. Yeah. But that, that other character like was a bit of a joke as well. That older guy. Don't fucking mess with everyone, go right. No, not not his character, but just the way the film. Okay. We'll get we'll get onto it. Say, I can't cope it. with you upsetting the Reverend because he was great. So they start looking through the house, the mum and the son, and the mum finds the photos of the dead bodies in like a hidden panel, which I do like as foreshadowing for later because the bodies are hidden within the wall, yeah. and I quite liked that. But she chucks them in the bin and she's sort of freaked out by it. She says to Mark, "Go find a bed- bedroom, anyone you want. You've got first pick." And he ends up going downstairs to the basement. And it's sort of, and the mum's sort of like, um, uh, she's she's not too keen on it, but he's like, look, it's it makes perfect sense. It's easier to get to and access. When I'm throwing up, it's not going to disturb anybody else. Yeah. And she eventually agrees to it. So first of all, when they're cleaning out the room, this was quite good. Uh, there's a creepy corner of the room shot, and the mum is then cleaning the basement as Matt hallucinates of just wiping the floor with blood. Mm. And I liked that, that was good. 
They're preparing for dinner. Matt hears a noise as he's getting plates and forks and something is fucking with him, but we don't quite know what it is yeah. yet. And then he turns around and the plates are back on the shelf, yeah. which I thought was really good. But the, it was a bit of a shitty thing for him to be like to his mum, like, why did you put the plates back? Because she was literally like yeah. a foot away from him. Like, Yeah, it's important to note one of the, one of the main things in this film is that um, Matt's scared to say he's hallucinating because they say if the doctor said if he starts to hallucinate they've got to stop the treatment and obviously he wants a treatment to try and save his life so the the film plays on this quite a bit throughout it where well I thought the audience don't even really know if he's actually seeing things that's the thing not. and I liked that the, uh, yeah yeah mm. I liked whether I didn't know whether it was a like she, we were seeing things or not it's sort of like in um the Conjuring 2 being duped when they think it was all a prank mm. because of Janet like, yeah. throwing stuff around. And I, d- I do like that. I like but it. Then I, but then, one. again, I think one of the biggest facts of this film that ruined it for me was the flashbacks because they just make me... Like, if you're having flashbacks and someone's seeing things and it's real life, that's three things you've got to differ in between. And I, I know the flashbacks are obviously clear when the flashbacks, but it's... I feel like you, when, it, when you make... Well, when you're, when you're making a movie, it's, it's kind of important to make the real time what's happening now mm-hmm. the main event. Like, okay. Um... And the flash, the flashbacks just took a lot of the sting out of the movie for me, I think. But I do like how the how, in the decision of like how flawed the mother is, because she's a good mum, but when he's like, if they say I'm seeing stuff like that, you're gonna drop me from the trial, yeah. and she doesn't say anything. Yeah. And I, do you think that's out of a son trust for a son, or do you think it's out of her desperation? To I, like, Please I'd, let this work. I'd say it'd be her desperation because I think by this point you get the impression this is her last chance like it's this or nothing yeah so she was just ready to give it a roll because what is the alternative he dies anyway yeah, pretty which much which is the dark topic but that, that is the alternative so we get Matt's first night in the basement and he sees a woman in the reflection and the, he, he manages to look through the glass sort of thing yeah and he sees a guy who's etching inscriptions into a body these creeped me the fuck yeah. out and this bit as well I think this bit on record might be on par with Achilles heel cutting. Really? Just oh, snipping no. of the eyelids. It was it was No, I can't. That that is one of the good things about this film that I put. Um where did I put it? Uh anyway. Um I was saying it's it's good gore without it being gory, if you get what I'm saying. There's not no. there's not tons of blood and there's not people's limbs getting ripped off and teeth being pulled out. But it still, it still makes you like, oh, like you I don't, you don't watch it. So it's it's good gore without it having to be blood and guts everywhere. Yeah, it did do it well, but it was creepy as fuck. So then he goes to the next set of treatment, and on the way home, like his mum's like holding him up, and he puts his hand on the door, like the pillar to the door, yeah. and he goes through it, and there's maggots everywhere. But then once again, when we look back, it's not at all. It's just a solid wood flame. Uh, flame solid wood frame and nothing happened then we get the bit where the doors open in the basement so we can actually get in now and we see that it's an abandoned funeral parlor and he's just standing there all night because the next morning when the little boy comes in matt swings him around on this gurney repetitively and is that this is what this is what i don't get about this film like what what is jonah's purpose apart from protecting the spirits this this is what i'm saying like was he, was jo- he meant to be jo- Jonah's not aggressive and he's not he, even in his past life what what let me let me just try and get the story like glass like crap like grasp it here so Jonah was a medium yeah. that these people took advantage of because they knew how powerful he, he, his powers were and he was also the assistant 
to the doctor as well. Right. So this is what I'm saying. Where does Matt violently spinning his brother around on a gurney come into it? Like Jonah wasn't violent there. What they did wasn't violent. Like where where does and it's like even the mopping the floor with the blood. Like the film isn't a violent film. They didn't they didn't kill it, like innocent people. They dug up dead people. Well, was they? he trying to tell them to get out? Was like was he trying to keep them away to protect them? I like, was I, he... This is what I'm saying. You don't even after we both watch the film, we don't know, which is what pisses me off. And there's something a little bit later on that we'll go through as well because I think that Matt that Jonah starts to possess Matt. Yeah. At one point. Because ugh, I don't want to get into it till we get to it, so I'm gonna pause. Right. But I will, I will come back to it because it's quite important. So the dad Peter is shocked that it's a funeral home when he walks in, like it was a, uh, like a previous funeral parlor. But the mum knew and she didn't say anything. Yeah. But the dad, like he sticks by her and he tries to convince him. He's like, you know, it, it's okay. Things happened here years ago. This is what it was. This isn't what it is now. Yeah. And everything's gonna be okay. And I like that they stick together through that. And Matt is supposed to say grace at the dinner table. And then he goes into this massive flashback scene with Jonah as a medium. Yeah. So, and we still don't really know what's going on. And so, yeah, it becomes confusing and we don't actually understand what's happening. But his fingers are like digging into the kid's hands and Wendy's. Who's, who the fuck is Wendy in relation to them? Is she the babysitter? Is she... I think, isn't, didn't, didn't they take her in? They said at the start of the film, they took her in. Yeah, but she, she, at the beginning because, she calls... Yeah, she, she says, because it's two birds and one stone, it's blah, blah, blah. The and babysitter the and the their angels. Yeah. yeah. That, that's it. So I'm, I don't know, have they taken, have they adopted? Have they just, is someone living with them? I don't know if the siblings... I don't know if the kids are siblings. I don't. I don't think the siblings. Oh, it is Sarah. I was right. Right. It was Sarah. But yeah, I don't know what the relation is to them, and we don't get a last name for Wendy, so I can't really yeah. even come up with it. To be fair, but yeah, that's very confusing. However, if we're moving past that, you get Matt at the hospital, and he's sort of like in and out of consciousness, and he sees crabs crawling all over. I'm him. guessing this is going to be one of your fun facts, is it? No. Oh. Why did you think there was going to be some sort of fun fact there? I thought, I thought the crabs would be some sort of representation of something. Do you know what I mean? Because I thought crabs quite a peculiar well, isn't, animal. Well, isn't the zodiac of a crab cancer? I don't know. But I just thought... Holy shit, please tell me that it is. Because if it is, fuck me if, so, if I I've, just come up with a I've great just, thing. I've just pulled up a fact that you didn't even know. But I've just literally yeah, bridged you, those you, two you gaps. It together, yeah, but... Cancer zodiac. Cancer zodiac. I swear it's a crab. It is. There you go, that'll be why it's, it's crabs then. The symbol of the crab, cancer. Oh, well, that'll be why then. Fucking hell. You watch that, will have had nothing to do with the fact that it was crabs. Well, it must do, wouldn't it? Because crabs is such a peculiar film. I don't, a peculiar film. Peculiar. Oh, uh, yeah, animal. Legend of the Crabs. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> well. thought truly do spiders or snakes or something, do you know what I mean? Just something that represents darkness or whatever. But. Yeah, but snakes represent. Is it snakes? You got me saying that. Crabs represent cancer as yeah. Detailed thing, but it's not a fun fact, so it may not be. Yeah. So Matt is woken up. Be. It has to be. <laughs> Why else would the Where crabs? is this director? Where are the crabs in the hospital? And so anyway, they are at the hospital, and Matt sees crabs crawling all over him. But then we meet the Reverend, who's next to him. Now the Reverend's also got—is it a brain tumor? Is that his cancer? Yes. And I he think says so. his wife died of it as well. Yeah. And he said, the, "You know, you were deep in thought. You were lost in something." And he said, "Like when people." When he when he was sitting by his wife at his at her final hours, she was looking everywhere but him. Yeah. And he comes up with this comment, and it's like it's as I like walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And I take I'm just gonna look at that. Yeah. I, I didn't even write it down because I thought it was just too fucking too easy to write down. 
We were, I love how we were looking at each other. If I'd have seen that in your notes, I'd have shut you up and cancelled creeping in the family. <laughs> That's it, we're done. It's not, it's just, it just says shadow of death, to be fair. That's like some of bottom set kids would start shouting <laughs> out and everyone would be like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, because of his cancer. So it's the idea that the valley of the shadow of death means that he can see dead people yeah. essentially because he is close to death. And the Reverend then makes up the point of if you are close to death, you can see these people that other people can't because they're not close. Yeah. And so you've got to have that sort of link. Anyway, they're at this point, Wendy and the two kids are at home and she and Wendy's painting her toenails and this girl's like playing with the dolls or something like that. And she's saying, you promised you'd make Matt better and stuff like that. And then the lights start flickering. And in the lights flickering, you just see this hand next yeah. to her. And she's like, can you turn on the lights? Yeah. Thank you. And it does. It, and it is. It's little things like that that you don't really think much of in they terms are, they of... Are, they are, it has got some creepy scenes in it. I won't, I won't deny it, but it's uh, it just don't justify the rest of it for me. The confusion, no. yeah. Just. I mean, there are a lot of things I, I, that I, I was never scared watching this film. Like I didn't think the ghouls were, or whatever you want to call them, the dead corpses. people, yeah, the corpses were scary. Um, I think you saw too much of them, to be honest, because there was in every other scene, yeah, it was they were. sub behind them, which you know is pet peeve of mine for horrors. So they end up playing hide and seek, and Matt is in like, this weird flashback with Jonah, and it takes him down to the funeral parlour, and there's just a room full of bodies everywhere. And at this point as well, is this the bit where... Is this the bit where the boy goes into the dumbwaiter, or is that later? That's later. Is that the later hide-and-seek? Yeah, that's a later hide-and-seek. Okay, so Matt then calls the reverend, and he's doing sit-ups, and he just sees this dead, burnt corpse as he rides back up. That's another thing that shit me up. Yeah. It, it just, they were, I thought they were quite good jump scares. I felt that they were okay, but um, I, I, I do know better. Insidious and The Conjuring do it better. They just know how to build. James Wan knows how to build suspense, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's very good at it. And that's probably why... I mean, I was talking to Daddy Miyari yesterday about The Conjuring 3 because they watched it last week. And uh, we were just... We we all sort of agreed on the fact that it was just... You could tell James Wan hadn't directed it. This is is the, like... Personally, for me, I feel like a horror film has to earn the right to make the audience jump. Mm -hmm. And that's that's where the premise of a cheap jump scare comes from because you haven't earned the right to make me scared or make me jump. You've got to to suck me in first and and keep me on edge. And do you know what I mean? Like the music in like... You've, you've got to earn the right to make me jump. Like, whereas if you just, all of a sudden, if something just jumps out in front of us, you know, like the fucking scary maze game, do you remember yeah. that? Like a cheap jump scare. Like, that fucking, even, even that's not the cheap. Wind, the winding advert fact, for in the fact, car. In fact, even that isn't cheap because you've got to get closer to the screen to get the fucking maze sorted. No, the best one was the winding car and it had the music oh, on Oh, the it. zombie, Ooh. yeah. Oh my God, I remember. Shit, I think mate. I watched that anti Maddy's You did, we all sat and watched it and Ben would go to sleep because he was crazy. Yeah, anti Maddy's going nuts, will not she? Because like, Ben won't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> It was so fucking funny. terrified. Oh yeah, it was like the scariest thing that yeah. like had ever That's come like, out. That was like um, that was like prehistoric YouTube. That, it was. That, that was before it was a fucking money earner. Yeah, it, that it was, was just weird as fuck. Random gold. videos. It was so good. Charlie bit me, shit like that. Oh, the good old days. That sold for millions. Did you know that? Yeah. Fucking crazy. Anyway. Anyway, so after that point, there's tables and chairs all stacked up. So the mum comes in. And there's tables and chairs stacked up. And then you've got Matt's hands absolutely covered in blood. So something's happened and he's clawing at the wall. And you don't know why he's clawing at the wall yet. But there's something to do with that. And I presume, like, Jonah was in sort of, like, Jonah was inside Matt at that point. Because I presume that the tables and chairs all being stacked up was yeah. going to start a fire. 
Yeah, maybe. Which, which is yeah. what I figured. But at this point, we also know that the parents are battling with their own demons. You know, the son has, the son has cancer. Like, can you... You can't even imagine. It I mean, would, I don't it, have it would children. Be, it would be so, so stress-inducing, like, which is why... Which is why I was so pissed off about them making a dad drink because I thought the film does such a good job of making his family seem like they're pulling together. Yeah, and like, that it's like, like they have to have a villain. Yeah, like what, it. yeah, when they didn't need to be one, yeah. especially when it had nothing to do with the story further on. To be honest, I just think they needed to get the dad to take all the lights yeah. out in the house without an issue, and yeah. so that became the most important thing for it to happen. So then there's the second round of hide and seek. So the boy goes in the dumb waiter and there is something behind him. If there's anything I have learned from horror films, in fact, any film in general, don't go in a fucking dumb waiter. Yeah. Can you... Oh. Especially in a fucking old house. Just They're just like little I know, I know kids don't think about that, do they? But I don't know. As a, probably a six-year-old, I won't look at a dumb waiter and think, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll probably be, thinking, you no, think it's a good hiding spot, though. I mean, it'd be a great yeah. hiding spot, to be fair. But, you know, this is talking from the two people who used to walk, run around Matalan and Asda and like try and chase each other yeah. and I got coat hanging in the eye. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Do you? That was I like... I, I think I've got like, it rings a bell but I can't remember it. We were in Asda and we were playing, like we used to hide among the clothes rails and stuff like that and like we have to go find each other because this was the end. Shopping used to be sick as fuck. We'd just leg it around yeah. Asda just hide from each other. All we'd do is run around. And it'd be terrifying when you'd like, you'd be, <laughs> you'd be running and you'd, you'd, you'd lock eyes. One's, <laughs> one's at the... One's at one side of the aisle and one's at the other one. Fucking bullet. Yeah. The amount of times I'm had to go on the tannoy and say, can shout and all the come to customer service. Or we'd, we'd, go, we'd go and say, we've lost our mum and it's like, can Tony, Tony Potter or Tony Taylor? Not again. We used to get some like, bollockings. We did, but it was loads of fun. But I hid in, so Asda has like a section called George. And I used to, I hid within the coat rails, but as I was running into the coat rails, one of the coat hangers poked me in the eye, and like my eye was bleeding. Like I was, I was really not very good. But yeah, that came as that. So clearly, don't learn our lessons because we still like to shit each other up at every given opportunity. Anyway, so after that, they are playing hide and seek. There's somebody in the dumb waiter behind the boy, and the girl also puts the foot through the floor, and they think that the bless you. Oh, held it in. That was really nice. I feel like that must be bad for you. Don't your eyes like pop out? Uh, no. I don't think so. I don't know. I feel like it has to come out somewhere and your eye holes are the only holes you've got. Ears? Oh, no, but that's not very nice. That's made my ears Exactly. It might, I think you, you might have to put your ears and fucking eyes pop out. Right, this this isn't Friday the 13th. Yara absolutely destroyed us yesterday, by the way. Why? Because she was listen- She was laughing at the last episode where you were like, I am, <laughs> I've got some demons in yeah. me, that's why I had to get a five-drop car. Yeah. And she was like, and you two, not knowing that Mexico wasn't a language. <laughs> I was just sitting there I like, fucking said it wasn't. I, I defended you, I was like, actually, I think it was me that said, like, <laughs> is Mexican a language? And she just, she was so disgusted. <laughs> I was just sitting there like, shit. <laughs> I was like, my bad. So sorry, Yara, for... Sorry for being stupid. So then, anyway, I keep coming back to this point. The Matt says that the floorboards must be rotted and he tries to get her leg out, and but he then finds something within the floorboards or the bottom of the floorboards and there's a little box and Wendy opens it up and she quickly shuts it again but then we learn it's eyelids. There's just so yeah, many eyelids. Boxes upon boxes. Well, it's just a big box it's full of eyelids. It's not so much the eyelids, it's the eyelashes stuck to them yeah. that freaks me out. And I was like, no, thank you. That's not what I want. 
And then you've got your favourite, a good old research montage scene. Uh, I think before this, there's a scene that also pisses me off. What's a babysitter called? Wendy. So Wendy, who is actually quite... She's a nice character. She's yeah, caring, she blah, blah, blah. And she can seriously tell something's wrong with Matt. Like, seriously tell something's wrong with him. Like, he's, he's, he, like she can tell that something's fucking really on his mind. And it's it's not just like someone that's annoyed him. It's something he's been thinking about for a while. Yeah. And she, she, she's like, come on, please tell me, like, give me a chance. And then, he, she, then in what, um, she, he goes on about this uh, about Jonah, uh, and then he goes, I've seen him, and she goes, oh, shut up, straight away. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Did what? I was like, that's not even in her character, and it's just so frustrating to watch. Like, you, it's not even a decent e- point e- of denial. Even right, even if she did think that, knowing that he's got cancer and that he might be having hallucinations, you still wouldn't say that to no, someone like in that position. And it like I was just, I'm not pissed off at the character I'm pissed off at the, the writer for making yeah. her say that like there was no need for it because then instantly within seconds she buys a story and starts feeding into it yeah so why did you even have to include that in the first place yeah it it's pretty irrelevant bit, I feel like it was just trying to isolate Matt on his own and I think that's but it was just it was done really shoddily yeah. and it wasn't done well and then like you said yeah then my next note you love a research my next, scene. My, my next note is insert library scene to the library work, work, work everything out if anything goes <laughs> wrong in lab there's, there's a book just for go it go to the library yeah I just find it mad like people just don't google shit anymore but yeah. this was 2009 but 2009 google it was, was still 2009, around it was oh yeah it was yeah, yeah fair enough google want a thing then I'll, I'll give them that so then they call the reverend in and we learn that the eyelids were used to control the dead so it's the idea that they they couldn't unsee things like they had to keep their eyes open so it was like keeping watch over the house or keeping watch over dr ickman's secrets and we learn that jonah was the medium mm. and so does it the, the, it cuts back to a medium scene and there's like this black gold thing escaping Jonah. I'm not quite fucking sure what's going on with this. I'm still not yeah, entirely right. sure. But there's a photograph of it. It's, it's ectoplasm, isn't it? Yeah. And set, I think they use it in the film to show how strong his powers truly were. Yeah. I think. And Literally, I think. like that's, that's, that's what I know about this film. So many things I think or maybe or possibly like you should just by the end of the film you should know what mm. happened. But. And the mum comes in and she's quite rightly very protective over, jo- uh, over Jonah, over Matt. And she sort of gives like the reverend the push off, and she's like, "No, you've got to go. Like this isn't right, yeah. and stuff like that." But we do learn that they're a Christian family, so she can't be too disrespectful. And I do like how they they border that line. Yeah. So the next scene is birds flapping in Wendy's room when she's asleep at night, and she catches something in the corner of the room, and then immediately she's sort of on board. And is the, it under the bed? Is the, it? The, this is where I put in the film. What in my notes? It was roughly about an hour in, I think. Um, there was no depth for the jump scares. It's the same as it has been throughout the whole film. They see something, they turn or they flick a light on and it's gone. And it was, mm. that's like, that's like zero minutes to 30 minutes horror, innit? That's what yeah. you want in the first half an hour, like, shit was something there. But yeah, when, when we're an hour off. into the film, like, I want to see more than just, oh, he was there and now he's not, yeah. and now the light's on. But then we also know that the mum sees it too. So she, she gets caught by the corpse as well. And then the dad turns up wankered. Yeah, why does she see it, can I ask? Doesn't that just contradict the fact that you've got to be close to death to be able to see him? Yeah, but in this, in your sleep, you're not closest to death. No. I don't think they can, they, they, no. I don't think they can use that as a loophole now. Unless Joe, uh, Joe, I always call him Joe, the, the, unless Jonah chose to reveal himself. It, I, I, I think it's maybe like, you, you can see, like, it's like us now, we we can think that we might see spirits, like you, like you, like, like you've seen a ghost, like, you might be able to see him, but also not see him. Like mm. it's a peripheral vision thing. Like you can catch him off guard, but yeah. if they like, as soon as you try and focus Look on him, they're it. gone. Yeah. 
Maybe, but yeah. I just think it contradicted the story. Yeah, that's the point. So the dad is absolutely wankered. He comes into the house and starts kicking off and takes out every light bulb in the house. And I was like, to be, <laughs> to be yeah. fair, like they have got every light on in the house, but not enough to smash all the light bulbs. But for somebody who's wankered, he is remarkably coordinated because yeah. he manages to get every single light bulb out in that house without an issue. Um, all the family then wake up to a power surge. The dad's left, but the rest of the family wake up to a power surge and they call the reverend back. And the reverend and Matt essentially should see the guy, but the mum can't in this section. So, because he says to Matt, you can see him, can't you? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And the mum's like, well, why can't I see him? Yeah. And that's the explanation why. And then shit starts kicking off and everything starts fucking slamming and banging on the tables and banging on the doors and stuff like that. And the reverend then pretty much says... If we've got to get his remains out of the house, there's got to be something of Jonah left in the house to get him to be removed. Yeah, and can, can I just say about this guy, the reason why I, I, you thought I was slating him, which I'm not, he was a really good character. I just wish he was in it more. Yeah, he like, was a good character. He, he, he only came in when, they needed, when the, the story needed a bit of an explanation to move on to the next part. Like, yeah. oh, like he came in and was like, oh, we need to do this to the bones, like, blah, blah, blah. And, oh, we need to do this. This is why. Like, well... Whereas I feel like if we, we could have, I, I wish we'd have seen a bit of his backstory. Like that would be good. What happened with him and his wife, like the final moments and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like so, yeah. something. That's a us, flashback that we'd probably like. Yeah, to some, see. something a bit more meaningful that that, that gave his character because he was good. He was he played the role well, mm. but when when you don't give people like that, the only time is in the film is when he's telling us why stuff's happening. And that makes us feel is like... Is there as a narrator? That, that's, yeah, it? that makes us feel like he's a bit of a cop-out as to, oh, this is why this is going to happen in the film because blah, blah, yeah. blah, this guy knows. Whereas he, he was, And he was a good enough character, I think, to get a bit of backstory to him. Yeah, I agree. And as everything's kicking off in the house, so it splits between Matt and the Reverend. So whilst the Reverend's running around to the back of the house, Matt's lights are flickering, and as his mum's hugging him and holding him, you can see the figure, the burnt corpse, getting closer yeah. and closer and closer. But at this point, the Reverend's found his skull and found Jonah's remains. And so he takes the skull, and as soon as he removes it and steps out of the barrier, out of the house, Jonah's gone. Yeah. But I did like, this was the first inkling that we thought, oh, hang on a minute, there's something not right here. Because Jonah was like putting his hand up against the window from the outside of the house, and yeah. Matt's window as if to say, you the, don't want to do this. All the doors were fucking banging, and the, the house was whole, like shaking to bits, and that, 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 that's, we thought that was Jonah's, like, I, I thought it was, well, I thought it was him saying, yes, I'm near, I'm near, like, when he was looking, yeah. the banging was to be like, you know, like, hot or cold, like, I'm yeah. hot, you're hot, but it was actually, no, no, don't do this, kind yeah. of thing. And it's quite sad, and as soon as, say, as soon as the Reverend exits, everything stops, but the Reverend does also warn them of aftershocks, he says, you know, there's something, you, you might see some things, or there might be some bangs that you can't explain, but that's like, it's like an earthquake, like, you can't just expect it yeah. to stop all of a sudden. Which I did like. I, I quite enjoyed that because then it also gave us an excuse for a little bit later on when yeah. shit started kicking off again. But then you've got Jonah staring from the window at Matt and like trying to say, no, don't take yeah. me away. Like This is a big, big problem. So the mum is comforting the kids upstairs and at this point, like she comes back downstairs and Matt has been absolutely carved up. Yeah. So suddenly he's got these bloody inscriptions all over his body. And I just, I, I just can't get over the fact that they, they take him to hospital and they're sort of just like, hmm. And looking at each other a bit confused. I was like, the guy's got fucking markings all over him. Like, yeah, the, he didn't do it himself. I think they'd have put it down to, um, he was hallucinating and took it to the next level. Yeah, maybe so. 
So at this point, he's taken to the hospital, and then after Jonah's um, black goo episode, everyone was burnt to a crisp. So we get the flashback now yeah. of everybody was set fire to, and everything kicked off. And there was an evil presence trapped him in, uh, trapped him in an incinerator. So something trapped him in. Yeah. There was an evil presence already there, and Jonah wasn't the bad guy. He was just trying to help. And then we cut back to Wendy at the house and she's eating an apple and it's all rotten on the inside. And then the food's all rotten because yeah. Jonah's the only calming good presence in that house. And now he's gone. Is that what it was? Everything's turning to shit. But I, I didn't think, uh, I didn't think the dead bodies in there, that they weren't evil presences. Like they were pissed off. They just wanted, they just wanted to yeah, be set free they, as well. But they were pissed off. But there wasn't evil, wasn't, they, they didn't want to, they're not like demons or nasty spirits. They're just pissed yeah, off because but it been... was it was it was death in the house so it was like the death of the food like Jonah was yeah, defending yeah, that yeah 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 so I get, yeah. yeah it was taking all the stuff away I'm not saying that the, they were evil the yeah, yeah. they wanted to be freed as well so she gets in the shower and the phone rings and the reverend warns her that all of the bodies are still in the house and that Jonah was trying to protect them and he was actually trying to free them at one point then we get the results from the hospital and we learn that Matt's dying and that his uh, treatment didn't work, but they go in to talk to him because the doctor's like, he only he only actually really has the night. Yeah, and, he could die at any point. And I think Jonah's possessed Matt at this point simply because the only, like, cancer just doesn't magically clear up. That's not what happens. I think that he had dead cells of Jonah. Well, that's another thing that I, I don't like about the film. One, I think... I think Matt should have died. I think that would have made a much better end. I thought film. he was going to die at the end. Because when I don't get me wrong, I didn't. I didn't want Matt to die. Matt was actually a good character, mm. but I'd accepted that Matt was going to die when the doctor said that, and I think it would have been really fitting for him to use his last breath to set Save free the souls of yeah. everyone who died in the house, including Jonah. I thought it would have like. But there's a second one, isn't there? I saw. Another, yeah, yeah. the mountain in Connecticut. Too. I, I just thought like it would have been a really nice end to a, a pretty. I think it was a good story, just very poorly executed. I agree. And it would have been a better end, like Matt taking, because he it's not even taking his own life because he knew he didn't have long left, and he thought I want to I want to release all the bad omens mm. in this house, and I thought if it had died, it would have it would have been sad, but this film needed to make me feel something because for a lot of it I was kind of just numb. But it's got to be Jonah possessing Matt because Matt wouldn't have a clue at what was happening. Well, for but but then. They didn't live in that house, and Matt had cancer before they went to that house. Yeah, but I think, but I think it got worse because Jonah had no, no. Matt had no idea that the house was full of the dead bodies, so I, Jonah I, had to be there. I know, but and then the his, guy's his, singing his, that song. His cancer was already bad. The only thing that happened was the treatment didn't work. Oh yeah, I know that, but I feel like. I do feel like Jonah's presence but do, there. Do you was know what I feel there. like? There might be a reason that's on to him, which you haven't picked up on. Is and I didn't note it down, but I've just remembered they didn't build the highway that they used to get to where they needed to go over the graves of these people, yeah. And that's a highway that they used to go, so maybe that's where the connection came. If that's to add to your thing, maybe Jonah's, I, I don't know. Again, you, you're pissing in the wind here. You, you, we shouldn't have to try and pluck ideas up to make the story it make be sense, told. yeah. But then also, if the food is rotting on the inside of the house, maybe now Jonah's protection of Matt's gone, Matt is also rotting, so his cancer's progressing, yeah. But that did they not get told that before or before they took his oh no it was that no. it was, yeah, so he yeah, would yeah. never have known so at this point Matt has run off and then there's the roommate in the hospital saying the 
the rhyme that he came up with about the two boys being dead yeah. and like one one fighting the other and stuff like that. And Matt ends up running into the house with an axe, nearly fucking chops Wendy into bits, may I add, while we're at the point. But he's just going into the walls and there are dead bodies everywhere. And then the last thing that Matt says to Wendy is, don't let them put out the fire, I'm already dead. Yeah. And that's Jonah. Yeah, that 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 would have been. Is it Jonah though, or is no, it Matt that, saying that, he's that, dying? That's Matt saying he's dead because he knows his cancer's it. it in but he doesn't know it yet. I know, I know, but I, well, no, they the doctors must have told him before they told his parents, surely. No, because they were going in with him, weren't they? Uh, no, I think they he came out the room to oh, tell okay, them. Okay, okay. So I, I feel like that's Matt's, which is why I think this would have been such a more like euphoric ending if it had been like, no, my fate's settled. I'm gonna end this before because he was euphoric. Gonna, that, that, I'm I just, here for it. I, I just thought like that. That would have made such a better yeah. ending, like more, and it and it would have been heartbreaking because it the mum how. But that's what makes and a she good was holding film. Him in her a arms. good a good film makes you feel like oh like do you know what I mean? It, it it's meant to make you feel upset. Whereas this was all a happy ending. Because she says I'll never I won't leave you. She was like I'll always be here, and then she was even right up at the end. But then you had this big thing of them managing to break through the walls and pull the mum and Joan not Jonah, Matt out, and then, you know, they've got the oxygen mask, yeah. it's like, Willy won't he survive, and the Reverend walks over, and it's like, Willy won't he? This is what makes me feel like this isn't really, it is a horror, but it, it doesn't, because a horror film, like, the, the, even for every horror film, when there's a happy ending, they've lost something along the way, yeah. they've lost their friends, they've lost family, no one gets hurt in this film. They're actually better off at the end of the film than they are at the start. What I do like, though, so when he comes back to life, and when he's brought back, I do like the fact that when Matt wakes up, Jonah's corpse is standing next to the Reverend and the Reverend can see it, but Matt can't see him anymore mm. because he's no longer yeah. close to death. Yeah. And I feel like that, that must signify that Jonah was within Matt when the cancer was told it was terminal because you can't just go within 30 minutes. Yeah, but to there's... Yeah, but there's I like I like your, your theory, but I don't think the film does anything to make you think like that. This is just... This is us trying to piece together a reason because there's nothing in this film wants that suggests possession. If that if that was a story, they'd want you to know that. They'd get try and give you a hint. It would make sense for it to be like that. I and think it, it is you're, that though. You're creating a better backstory for the for a film that doesn't have that backstory. Like you're you're using you're like putting something there that it should be there because it does make sense. Like he was the cancer was like like even the dead cells, even down to the dead cells, that's a good reason. But the film the film didn't try and implement that. So, we learn at the final credits that in real life, Matt's cancer disappeared and he's been healthy ever since. And the house was restored and there were no more complaints. Uh, question for you. What, what was that guy called? The old, the old guy? Reverend. What, what was this phone call bit about? Like, it was the, the, cutting the eyes of the dead wasn't to make him this, it was to make him that. Like, I rewinded that three times to try and understand that. I didn't get it. I don't get it either. I don't know it was, it's not to, I know which one you mean. It's not to make them seen, it's to make them unseen or something. And I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I have to rewind it three times to try and understand it. Just make them unsee. That's what I mean. I don't get it. Like I didn't get, and that was the big twist. That was the big reveal. Like get out of the house. It wasn't to do this. It was to do that. Like, what the fuck are they talking about? No, I don't have a clue either. I'll have to if, have a look later on. But well, so, so just like again, just to clarify. This isn't a bad film in a sense where it's got bad camera work, it just, bad actors. Yeah. It was. It, it it just didn't. It was badly explained. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It, it, the, the, even the story and the idea is good and it's actually quite a touching one for a horror film there's mm. actually a bit of meaning behind it but it was just executed poorly in my opinion with the flashbacks a lack of jump scares and, and the lack of horror really yeah I agree 
So, behind the scenes. Behind the scenes and budget and box office. I don't know why I'm suddenly covering up like you're going to cheat. Right, what do you think the budget um, was for this film? See, I'm going to go quite high. Okay. Because it, it looks good. The, the special effects look good. It's shot. There's quite a few different shooting locations. It's not like all budgeted in. It's not a found footage, so I'm gonna go twelve point five million. Nearly ten million. Oh. Um. What about the box office then? Thirty-one million. Seventy-seven million. It did make quite a lot. Fucking it was quite man. a popular film. So there's not many fun facts for this film. To be fair, um, Ed and Lorraine Warren were actually investigators in the case. Oh. Fucking surprise, surprise, ghost about, and then Lorraine um, Warren come running. How much would you have loved a little cameo? Oh, not <laughs> even. Like a pre-sniff. I mean, this preceded all of the uh, Conjuring films. I think it was 2009 this film came out. So horror need, like, need a fucking, what, what they call a multiverse, where like... Everything like exists Marvel, everywhere. Like, they all cross over at some point. Oh, like, God, because I fucking love Edmund Could you imagine like at the end of a film, like a horror film that you've watched, like... And like, there's a phone call and Lorraine just picks it up and she's like, I'll be there right away. Can you imagine in Halloween Kills when it's like Michael Myers transcends and it just cuts to a flashback with yeah. Lorraine Warren and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. If, any, if any film needs to be made, it needs to have Laurie Strode and Lorraine Warren. I don't, I don't, I don't, trust, I don't trust horror crossovers after Freddy vs. Jason. Um, yeah, to be fair, they were pretty shocking. It was. I mean, to be. I like it. The though. fight scenes between them both were sick. It was. Yeah. But the acting. The acting was, was shocking. Shite. And it the story. The story was not very good. Do you know what's also shocking? The fact that Halloween Kills has been out for four days and we haven't seen it. yet. I have literally been working twelve-hour shifts all day. I cannot. I have not had time to go yet. But when I do have time, because. This isn't you being like, Holly, I want to go. I want to fucking go. I want to go. I, just, I love this, Halloween. This, this is what I'm saying. I, I just need to find the right time. Like, I, I just haven't got time at the minute. It'll be on the fucking straight to DVD. That's what we'll, that's what we'll end up watching it on. It's on my fire stick. Don't, don't fucking I, I, do I, I, it because I, I, I didn't watch I it on the watch I party. I'll be fuming. I've, I've, I've not heard great things of. I've read, I've, see, I've read some reviews and I've, some people really enjoy I've it. I've seen a couple of good reviews, but I've seen mainly bad. And I've seen a lot of people saying, you can definitely tell it's a sequel to end it. Like, it, it's sort of like the middle ground before the big finale. Ah, right. Like, right. you can tell. But we'll, we'll decide that. As finale, I'm happy Well, you'll it. like it because it's just mindless slash goriness. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much what it was, apparently. But good news on the uh, Halloween front. So, a few episodes ago, I told you all about the fact that I'd accidentally read the script without realising I was reading the proper script. It wasn't the proper script because I saw a very, very minor spoiler which throws out the script that I read. So all is well and I do not, I've not spoiled Halloween for myself. So I'm quite, I'm quite happy now. But anyway, back to fun facts of Haunting in Connecticut. So yeah, Ed and Lorraine Warren were actually investigators for the case. The movie is loosely based on the real stories of Al and Carmen Schneidecker. Schneidecker? Schneidecker? Snedker, who lived in a reportedly haunted funeral parlour. Although the film states that the house was destroyed in a fire and rebuilt, there was never actually a fire and the original house still stands today. Mm. And finally, this is Jennifer Lawrence's favourite horror film. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. If that shows... If that... Tapping shows up on that recording, oh, I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> Colouring in. Yeah, Oliver's really enthralled by this fun fact. Uh, no, I'm th- I was thinking about a film and when I think I'm, I have okay. to fidget. Okay, so this is my Would You Rather for the week. And it is not a Would You Rather, <laughs> funnily enough. So, late one night, you are driving home in a bad rainstorm. 
A drunk reels out in front of your car and you try to stop, but you hit him. Nobody sees you. The guy looks and smells as if he's homeless. You check to see how badly he's hurt and realise he's dead. You've never even had a speeding ticket of an upright professional with a family and a well-known and respected person in your community. Do you make a report anonymously, confess your crime, or drive on home and forget about it, knowing no one is going to pursue did you say, the death? Did you say I was under the influence? No, you weren't. So I'm completely... I, I was, I'm, not, I'm not doing anything wrong. Do you make a report anonymously, confess your crime, or <laughs> drive on home and forget about it, yeah, knowing no one is going to pursue death for homeless drunk? Well, all right, we'll change it. You were drinking. I'd, I'd confess. I couldn't live with it. I, I'd... It, it, do you know what? It probably upset me more that it's like a, a like a homeless, like someone who's got no family. So like, I'd feel I'd probably feel worse for that because it's they won't be missed, which is sad. I, yeah, exactly. Like his life is forgotten. Like it's like no, it's it'd be more upsetting that no one would ever even know he's gone, and that that would be enough to make me think I need to I need to confess. I would do the same because then he can have a proper burial and stuff. I'd feel I'd feel horrific. Like I I just I haven't got the. I haven't got the ability to push out my guilt like that much, so I'd I'd confess to my crimes. So would I. So my film for next week is the Terrifier, nice gory one, and the clown. But he's not really a clown. He's Ant is it? What's his name? Ant the clown. So tune no midweek this week. No midweek this week. So it'll be Monday that the Terrifier is out. It will. Thanks for listening. Bye.